Thank you all for tuning in to Politics, Religion, and Whiskey, the Josh Terry Podcast, brought to you by Raising Grace Studios. want to give a big shout-out to Nobles Networking, Williams Tire, Red Circle. Thank all y'all for what you do, all the corporate sponsors. Uh, well, July 4th weekend is over and done with. I've had too much fun. I'm struggling, so if this show starts off rocky, it's my fault, not my great guests that I've got today. I have uh, sitting here across the table from me, one of my friends that I've known for a while on social media. She is writing a book right now, and uh, I saw some of what she was talking about the other day, and I wanted to have her on my show in the hopes that uh, her story can help others, and it, she puts out there and plays it forward to things that she's been through, so it makes a difference in someone else's life. So I'd like to introduce y'all to uh, Miss Brittany Graham. How are you doing, Munchkin? I'm doing great. Y'all can't see her. I'm going to give you a picture of her. Uh, she is, what, five foot maybe? Five foot even. Thank you very much. Five foot even, maybe. Definitely five foot. Sometimes it's five. five sometimes it's five foot, like in an inch, not an inch. <laughs> I know you. you I promise and like you, I count a quarter all and a. Qu- <laughs> I promise you, we we don't leave a quarter inch, a half a millimeter. We don't leave nothing off. Yeah, if here. I go to Steak and Shake, sometimes their measurements off at their door, and I'm five one. You're not five one. No, I'm definitely not. But we're gonna pretend I am sometimes. Okay. No. You look like I could take you by just put you right in my pocket. You take know, you everywhere with me. Everybody says that, but you know. Besides your boobs. Your boobs probably ain't fit They nowhere. definitely would not fit in any like, any pockets. Uh, we got <laughs> the opportunity a couple months ago when I first opened the studio. We drank and hung out one night. And uh, we had a very good time. And uh, your hair is longer now. It's not buzzed anymore. It's growing out. I kind of liked it buzzed. Oh, I loved it buzzed. You had like this G.I. Jane thing going on. Everyone said that. Or um, Shanae O'Connor. I got that one in G.I. Jane all the time. Yeah, Sinead O'Connor. I forgot that person even existed. <laughs> no, I um, I'm letting it grow out. I want, I love it buzzed, and I would love to buzz it again. But I told myself I grow it out to make sure that I don't like it longer before I buzz it again because I just want to give myself that extra, you know, chance. But I'm, I really miss my hair and my curls. So. Oh uh, no, I love one more curly hair. Like, that, that's one of like my weaknesses is curly hair. Uh, but I don't know. I, there's something about that buzz. It looks like you'd ruin somebody's life with a buzz haircut. I've done that a time or two. You don't fucking surprise me at all <laughs> that you would have. Um, well, we're going to go ahead and dive on in to your story. Uh, for those who usually listen to the show, we love doing stuff that's different every once in a while. And we've been dicking around and having a good time with some funny shows lately. Uh, this one, you might have a couple laughs, a couple tears. Uh, so, hold tight. Brittany, I want you to tell them a little bit about you real quick, like, before we dive into the beginning of your story. Just who you are, where the fuck you're from, all that good shit. All right. I'm 27 now. I'm from South Georgia. I don't know. I've done marketing, went to school for marketing. I'm an artist. I paint. I draw. I have tattoos. I'm obsessed with tattoos and any kind of artwork on the planet. I love music. I draw all my tattoos, and I draw them for other people. I work my ass off. I bartend a lot. It's one of my favorite things to do. It's also the greatest moneymaker I've ever had in my life. <laughs> um, I don't have many friends, but I like hanging out and meeting new people. Um, I have a hard time believing you don't have any friends. I don't have many friends. And once you read the book, you'll understand why that number has definitely decreased. Um but I'm meeting new people recently. I moved to Atlanta about 
month and a half, two months ago. I'm sorry. Don't be. I fucking hate Atlanta. I'm so fucking stoked about it. I was so scared, but I'm obsessed with it. I'm obsessed with people I've met. I'm obsessed with my just my new environment. And it's not the big city life that I'm a part of up there because it really still feels like a hometown, a small hometown, but you have such more genuine people that I've encountered at least. And it's not – it's just without the hometown gossip that we have down here because that's all that is is bullshit down here, which I've been a part of a lot of that. <laughs> Um, you know, just been and out, been married and shit, and we're out here just rocking the damn thing and doing the best we can. Well, there you go. For those who didn't know her, that's a little taste of her. Uh, let, where do you want to start in your story? I have no fucking idea. Well, that usually would be, let's, let's play this game. Okay. You're writing a book, right? Yeah. What's page one in your book? The... I'm bar. It's okay. Very first page is I am bartending at a bar in my hometown, and the guy that ends up being my husband walks through the door, talks about my jaw dropping, talks about everything about how obsessed I was with, infatuated with him, and how. Is that the same look you gave me when you walked in? It's a little less. I gave you a little bit more of a. That a girl. I had more drool, I think, when I saw you. I thought you had rabies for a minute. <laughs> Um, but that's how it starts about me meeting, you know, the guy that I ended up marrying, but it goes into talking about how great we were and how literally from the start, it was love at first sight. It was infatuation at first sight. It was just connection and I, how I shoved him away at first. I was so, I thought he was the cutest thing ever. And then when I felt, found out he was actually back, you know, into me. And it wasn't just me that I got scared and I pushed him away. And he kept begging me to hang out, stalked my ass until I finally said okay. And then... He stalked your ass. He stalked me. How, he, how stalkerish did we get here? I mean, he blew my phone up left and right. Like I say, we'd have a small conversation and he would just say some off-the-wall shit. And I'd be like, who is this dude? So then I wouldn't say anything back because I don't like clingy. And then he started getting real clingy. And then he'd come up to my work, which granted, I work at a bar, worked at a bar, restaurant, so he'd find every reason to come up there. And he kept begging me to hang out, and I would say no, and then he'd come up to the bar again, and then he would text me and ask to hang out again, and I would say, I can't, I gotta do this, I have to make up some excuse like I always do. And then finally, one day, I just got the balls on me, and I was like, hey, I'm getting off work right now, do you want to meet up at Pilot Parking Lot down the road? That's Pilot like, parking lot? You know, kind of like a Walmart parking lot. You know, just hang out in the back of the truck. Well, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm from a small town. I get it. That's just, that's not where I thought. Like, the first time you'll hang out is in a the fucking The very park. first time we actually hung out, that is where it was at. And we had his truck, and we sat there for about three hours just talking. And I literally remember leaving and calling my friend and saying, I'm going to marry this boy. And I knew it right off the rip. And this was literally maybe a weekend of meeting him and the way that the way we met okay so he came in and he was sitting with a girl that I already knew I didn't realize they were friends I had no idea who he was okay never seen him before and he actually is first cousins with a guy that I grew up with and my mama knew who he was my whole family knew who he was I just had no idea because I'd never been around him because he was gone for 10 years and then his cousin walked in to the bar too that same night and went and sat down at the table and told me to come sit down over there. 
And I was like, no. And then he was like, Brittany, come sit down over here. So we were dead. And so I went and sat down. And I was so, like, nervous. So I didn't acknowledge Will's existence at all or the girls. I just talked to the cousin. And we talked for about five, ten minutes. And I got up and went back to the bar. And then apparently when they walked out, when they left, Will was like, who was that fine-ass bartender? And they didn't tell me this part. So I didn't know at first. When I found out, I was like, hey, hey, hey. But then that was on a Wednesday night, and that next Saturday morning, well, the next Friday night, I got fucked up. And Saturday morning, I didn't wake up until 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock, because I <laughs> didn't get home until know, 5 a.m. Exact, that's what I just did today. I'm, <laughs> I'm struggling. But he ended up texting me, and there's this guy I was on and on talking to that was best friends with his cousin, his roommate. And he said, hey, this boy doesn't love you. I love you. From a random-ass number, that's a number, that's a text message I wake up to. He doesn't love you. I love you. And I'll text every single person I knew, who the fuck is this? And nobody knew. I didn't think of asking the cousin because there was no way in hell. I thought that was who that was going to be. Ended up finally saying, like, hey, who is this? What the, what the fuck are you talking about? Oh, this is Will. I'm just fucking with you. What? The guy from the bar? Oh, hey. And then that's how we start talking. And then about a week later is when we hung out. And then literally were inseparable until a year later. Like, stayed the night with him every single night. It was never a night that I was not with him. Um, he told me he loved me a week in, and I was oh, like, no. a week in. No. Yes. And I was like, I'm sorry, but I, I can't say that back to you right now. And I refused. He was like, I don't care. I'm just like, you know, that's how I feel. And I was like, thank you so much for feeling that way about me. It is very greatly appreciated. However... I learned my lesson of saying that too early, and we are not doing that right now. You can't do that. I don't care who the fuck you are until you really know somebody. You cannot say that word. Dude, seriously. So even though I'd already called my friend a week earlier and said, I'm going to marry this boy, knew I was in love with him, don't get me wrong, I'm not about to let him have the satisfaction of knowing that, and I'm not going to set myself up for failure. Well, once you say that word to somebody else, they control you. A hundred percent. I want as soon as if you say that word to someone else, they are in the driver's seat of the relationship and it's over with. So I was in the driver's seat when he said that. And I was like, okay. And so he kept saying that. <laughs> no, go ahead, bartender. Somebody left from my party the other night some Corona. What Refrescas. are these called? Refrescas. They're fucking amazing. And she was like, oh, they're good. And I'm drinking a passion fruit lime. Let me elaborate. And it is just fucking hard. Let me elaborate. He said, do you want a beer? I said, what you got? He showed me. He could have had any pick that was in the refrigerator, and he chose what I chose. I was just trying to get along. Uh-huh. I was trying for me and you to be on the same plane here. There, see? We probably would have been on the same plane had you got something you liked and I had something I liked. Yeah, but it's, yeah. <laughs> I'm still struggling from playing so much golf yesterday. And I was like, you know what? I need to be vibing with her. If she's drinking Corona bullshit, whatever this is, <laughs> I'll drink it too. And I'm regretting it. Well, that's a you problem, not a me problem. It sounds like you got a lot of you problems, just like I do. <laughs> so besides for this guy saying, I love you real quick, and him, you being in the driver's seat now, mm-hmm. y'all being together for a whole year, uh, inseparable. When did uh when did the red flags and stuff start? The red flags started a lot sooner than they should have, and I ignored the fuck out of them for whatever reason. I don't know. Like, literally two months in, there was red flags. He was texting other girls. He was hitting up his ex and shit like that. And my mama told me, she re- my mom refused 
like banned me from dating him and we all know how that goes so <laughs> lol um if you don't learn another lesson off of this show and you have kids don't fucking tell them that they cannot see the person that you don't want them to encourage it encourage your husband or their dad whoever to have a beer with this boy and then get along with him become best buds and i promise you so they won't want a damn thing to do with this boy there's not a rebellious woman or teenage girl or whatever that wants to see their dad getting along with their boyfriend Dude, that is your answer right there. Dude, like, she told me no. And then so he came over one day, and this first time I met my daddy, it was around Christmas, and I didn't know my daddy was coming home early from work. And we were just sitting outside, me and him in his truck, and my daddy just shows up, and I was like, what the fuck? And then so he just jumps out, introduces himself to my dad, and then my daddy starts putting out Christmas decorations in the front yard, reindeer and shit. So he jumps out to help him. My daddy's very appreciative. Daddy likes him off the rip, even though he's got – tattoos from hell and back two sleeves like you can see them all and i'm like my daddy's gonna hate this shit did not mind it thought he was a great guy mama found out i was talking to him and told me and my sister well my sister was beside me when she told me you're not there's no way in hell you're dating him my sister she said i was like yeah i am and my sister was like yeah you know they've pretty much been hanging out mama's like your daddy's not gonna like this and my sister jumped in and said oh he already met him and he loves him my mama looked (laughs) at my daddy so quick y'all so quick and said, what? And she's, my sister, Caitlin, jumped in and was just like, yeah, he liked him. He helped him and shit. And then so my mom was like, she just knew right then, like, it was over. It was done with. I was like, yeah, I'm actually leaving right now to hang out with them. See you later. And left. How old were you? 23. Okay. 23, I think. Um, 20, yeah. yeah How old yeah. are you now? 27. Okay. I was 22. I was 22. Okay. I was 22. I'm 27 now. Um, He was... 29 at the time it was right before right after he turned 29 but it was red flag started going left and right throughout the relationship we got engaged seven months in um seven months seven months the fuck yeah i know and i think i was just so infatuated like one with the idea of being in love one with the idea of marriage like you know, we all, everybody teaches their kids, you got to get married and then, you know, you got to have kids and you got to start a family and all this stuff. And they give you like time frames and shit. And parents also do not do that to your kids ever. Like, I don't believe in the time frames whatsoever. Time is just like a, it's a thing. It's like, time doesn't exist. Okay. Like everybody moves at their own time. Time doesn't exist. It doesn't. You're a hippie, aren't you? I should have been. You sure? Yeah, I, I should have figured. You're definitely a fucking hippie. I mean, honestly, if you sit back and think about it, like, every person's battle and journey, like, is not comparable to anybody else's. Absolutely. What they do on their own and however they process things, they do things on their own time. Don't rush someone to, or make them feel rushed that they have to have something done by a certain time because then it's not going to be great quality. And so if they're rushing to try and please other people with whatever it may be, an essay, a painting, a relationship, they're rushing it just to please other people and it's not going to be what they either want or it's going to end badly or just there's infinite amount of like results for that one that aren't all that great. Well, that's the only thing that like, as far as like you living in Atlanta or anybody living in a big city that I actually envy them for, because in small towns we're taught that, Hey, you graduate high school, you go to college while you're in college or whoever you dated in high school, that's the person you get married to. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to have kids by the time you're 22. You're supposed to be coaching Little League by the time you're 30. 
like all this shit. And it is, it's, it's a dream. It all, it, it is the fakest thing that we were ever told as children because that's the way we were supposed to be. Yes. Yeah, so it would be great if it worked out that way. And it did work out back then, but honestly, looking back and every person that I know, my parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, for the most part, they've either been married and divorced or they're still in a very unhappy marriage. There's so many are. I know a whole lot of people that married their high school sweetheart and then five years later, if that, if that. they're divorced. And, and then they've got a kid that's got to go back and forth between two homes. Fuck that shit. That, and that's the thing, like, getting into the Willow Kate in a minute, like, I mean, it sucks, and I don't mean this in the baddest way, like, any bad way possible. Like, thankfully, she came and taught me a lesson with how what came and went with her, and... I'm thankful I don't have to share custody of a kid with him now. I respect that you fucking just said that so much. You have no idea. I hate for what you went through. I hate for anybody to go through that. But the fact that you can sit here and you can say that in like probably the darkest moment of your life that there was a learning lesson in it. She changed me so much and it changed my outlook on life. It changed, like, you can ask any per- any person that I know, they would tell you that before her, I was the biggest bitch they've ever met in their life. I made people cry just because I would just give them a look. Like, they were the dumbest person on the planet. If they I could see that question. look. Like, not trying to, like, ch- you, you keep firing these looks over here at me, and I don't think that you mean it in a bad way. I, don't, I think it's just RBF. I do have RBF. Really you have bad. RBF bad. Yeah, and it's actually better than it used to be. So if that gives you Fuck. any idea. So back then, I was such a bitch, and I didn't realize I was a bitch. I just thought I was being... No woman does, sweetheart. <laughs> I, was just, <laughs> I, was just, I was too blunt to a fault back then. Now I'm blunt, and it's still to a fault, but it is like, I'm nice about it when it comes to me. Like I elaborate why I think the way I think and why I feel the way I do. Back then, I, you had no explanation. It was a, no, you're fucking up, or no, that's wrong, or whatever it may be. It, I was just a bitch. And then when she happened, I literally changed a million percent. I became such a genuine person. People actually liked hanging out with me. People actually liked talking to me. People wanted to be around me. Granted, at first, it was because of what I went through, and they wanted to be there for me. But then they also started to learn that I was a whole different, like, I was I was a brand new person. I was nothing of who I the only thing I had from the old Brittany was the memories. And I'm thankful that if that meant, I'm thankful I went through that because I don't know if I would have ever gotten to this point had I not went through that. Well, if you, you got two choices, and I, it seems like every other show I talk about this, but you got a choice. In the darkest days of your life and your most traumatic experiences in your life, you can either view them as a learning experience or you can view them as a failure. That is up to you, though. Whether it's God, the universe, or whatever, there are things that are put in place in our lives to where we come to a crossroads. Mm-hmm. And it's either we dwell in our pity or we take that and we help other people with it. And that's what I think I took it and helped and I ran with it. And honestly, most people will probably be shocked at this because every time I tell someone this, they are like, what? Um, whenever I went through that with her, which we will elaborate in a minute on all this. But when I went through that with her, my faith got so strong and I became the closest to God I'd ever been in my life. And I literally just looked at it as his plan, not mine, his will, not mine. And if he didn't, I believe every person has a purpose. Okay. And once you fulfill your purpose on this earth, um, either you're here just for enjoyment, pure entertainment, or 
you're taken away to do whatever else he needs you to do. And that's not for me to, I don't know any, anything on that one, but that's just my viewpoint on it. And then when someone dies, just I just take, I just feel better knowing that, hey, God felt like it was okay to take them away from us, that they fulfilled their purpose enough for him, and that's enough for me. And I, her purpose, what it was only for 12 minutes, and she did what she was supposed to do, apparently. She changed me for the better. She led me to start inspiring so many people with my words. I have on the daily, literally daily, at minimum 100 people, minimum, messaging me on Facebook, on Snapchat, Instagram, running into me, whatever it may be, thanking me for publicly speaking on my life or just putting how I feel about things because I'm such an inspiration to let them know that you can go through dark times and still be okay. And I thank her for this. It all goes to her because she made me strong and made me be that way and it just it changed my outlook on a lot of things and it made me realize God's got a plan his will not mine his plan not mine and if I promise you if y'all's plan if my plan's not the same as his he's gonna make it a point to either let oh, me he knocks you on your ass oh he'll knock me down that, I mean he does it to all of us I mean we we're we're just stupid because we we forget sometimes that we're part of a million different plans like right now me and you lined up together this is part of a plan i don't know who who the other branch off of that plan is but we might not be where we want to be in life but we're where god wants us to be or the universe wants us to be whatever you believe in it's the same thing i believe in both yeah so it's a it is like a ripple effect it's where you You are always where you're supposed to be yeah and you just don't understand it even if you go through something terrible and shitty and you hate the result of it just know that And I know this is so cliche, but it was a lesson learned. And, like, literally you had to go through that to get perspective on something else to make you either a better person or to make you be aware that someone else was not a good person or just that, hey, life sucks sometimes. you got to have the bad to appreciate the good because without any bad, you don't know what good is. Absolutely. And I also looked at that as well. You're a smart cookie. Thank you. No, you say a lot of the same shit. Either you've listened to my show a lot or we have the... Don't hate me, but I've only listened like two. Don't. It's okay. <laughs> Some people got better shit to do. I work a, way too much. No, it's fine. I like your excuse. Just trying to put you out there, but it's fine. Uh, <sighs> no, it's good. No, I'm good now. I watch a lot of your TikToks. Well, that's all stupid shit. You talk the same shit. Sometimes, but sometimes I don't. TikTok is the... I hate fucking TikTok. I know. <laughs> I despise social media, though. Like, I, I've done got to the point to where I have realized that there are people that have positive things in this world to say like you. And I don't know what you're following on anything. Yes, I, I couldn't tell you what you're at on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, whatever. It's all the same. But there's people that are just the most negative Pieces of shit. They feed off of that or drama. Or whatever it is on social media. And they've got millions of people. And some people are going to be like, oh, he's just jealous. He don't have these five. I don't want them. I don't want people to just look at my life because they're waiting for me to fucking turn into a train wreck. And I don't know where people get off on that. Like, I don't understand. Like, why I do get, you get- No, I get why they do it. I get why people are the watchers. I get why watchers like it because if they see me and you posting shit, to where we're posting something uncomfortable and we're putting our life out there or whatever. It hits it, them. It makes them not feel so bad about their lives. Yeah, it hits them personally, and they're like, oh, fuck. And it's like, okay, so, well, I didn't do it that bad, so I got to be doing something good. Yeah. Or it's like, 
they're just like, well, you know, they can fuck up. They're fucking up. And then it's whatever, you know. Like, you, you do shitty shit. I don't do shitty shit. Just a, excuses as to why their lives. They're all trying to be judge and juror. That, that's what most of them are trying to do. And you know what? I just, I don't pay attention to a single fucking person that follows me unless I talk to you like on a daily basis because I've seen it so many times where somebody will be like, oh, I love you. I love what you said and all this stuff. And then the next thing you post because you didn't say something they 100% agree with, all of a sudden, oh, you're a piece of shit. Uh-huh. And it's like, uh, you just told me you love me. I just need people to Two understand days ago. and comprehend that like we all have our own opinions and we're all entitled to all of our own opinions. But you need to understand that people might like things you don't like, but that doesn't mean they have to like things that you do like because they can't force you to like what they like, so why are you forcing them to like what you like? Well Does it that would make sense? you know how boring this world would be if we got along? Like if everybody was the same, yeah, no. everybody wants world peace and all that, and I would love for there not to be any wars or people dying from bullshit or whatever. But we should be able to live in a world where everybody's fucking different but respects each other. Say, I wish we could all coexist. As, yeah. And I mean that to that minimum, not even minimum, but like I, w I wish we could all coexist as to a point of just allow you to have your own opinions, your own viewpoints, your own emotions. Everyone's entitled to those. Everyone has all those. And you cannot change that. But you don't have to agree with anybody. You can agree to disagree. You can respect someone else's opinion, but just let it be just that, their opinion. And just, their opinion doesn't hurt you. How they no. feel does not do a damn thing to you. Unless they're physically attacking you, it doesn't have a damn thing to do with you. That's how I feel about every fucking thing Literally, in my life. My go-to statement, and I've already told you this probably 10 times since I've been sitting here, that's a you problem. That's a them yeah. problem, not a me problem. It, you don't affect me. Like, all these people that want to bitch and everything. And I get why so many fucking people want to be up in arms about their political belief, religious beliefs, or whatever. People just don't fucking realize as passionate as me, as I am about one side of that argument, the person just sitting across from me can be just as passionate about the other side. And it's still an opinion-based fucking argument. My opinion does not fucking mean more than your opinion. None of it means, for one, that's the whole point of a democracy. Two, I'm just going to throw this little tidbit out there. I wish we had blind elections. You didn't know the gender, race, age, or what viewpoint they were, like what side they were on, just because I thought that would be fair. But then also, it doesn't matter what you think or how you feel about governments, elections, what side you're on or not, because you still are not getting the whole fucking story, and they're only telling you never, what you... But you, see, about to argue, uh, and I'm cool with it. No, I'm okay. I like healthy debates. Well, no, 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 I was just fucking with you. Oh, I'm say One I, thing, blind elections is the dumbest thing I've ever heard on the show, and I've heard some dumb shit on the show. I don't think so. Uh, two, two, um, we couldn't, this society, we could not get the whole story. I understand why we're not given the whole story. And I do. No, I 100% agree yeah. with you on that. Yeah, there's the people you see, and the only reason I say that is because there are people that will see a snippet of something, whether it's the left or right. They'll see a snippet of something, and they will not take that snippet and look into the context of the statement. And you won't, like, you don't want to read the whole, nobody wants the whole goddamn story. They want no, summaries. Yeah, I agree. They want fucking summaries because we're too fucking lazy to dive into an argument. People today are too stupid. I uh, know, yeah, that's the thing. Okay, so... I am not knocking anybody when I say this. I am not judging anybody when I say this. But I personally, as a person, I like facts. Personally, as a person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
I like facts. I can tell you all day, like, my opinion, and if I tell you my opinion, I'm going to let you know that is all that is an opinion. It is not facts. But if I research something and I find the facts on something and I tell you something, you're telling me I'm wrong, I'm still going to allow you to have your opinion on that. And I'm just like, okay, look, we can agree, disagree. I'm not going to see your go back and forth with you because I've researched it. But my daddy is one of those people that <laughs> he will see something on Facebook and it'll be an unverified source. It'll be someone talking out their ass and he's like, this is what they're doing. And I'm like, look, that's definitely probably, it came from somewhere. Do not get me wrong. It came from somewhere. It's rooted from somewhere. And there's a little bit of truth to it, but I don't know how much truth is to it. And he runs with it. And he's just hell bit determined that everyone else is wrong and this is right. And I'm like, look, I'm, Anything on the planet, no matter, you can sway any viewpoint I have if you give me solid facts on it and if I'm wrong. See, I'm a gangster. And I've done figured out how you shut people up when it comes to politics, oh, religion, or whatever. I look up, like, let's say some, because I'm not, I don't consider myself a conservative anymore. I'm an independent. That's where I'm at. So, like, if a left member comes at me, mm -hmm. want to spew in some bullshit, mm -hmm. what I do is, uh, just like I was talking in high school and other stuff, I go cite sources. Mm -hmm. So, if you're on the left, I'm going to go to CNN, I'm going to go to MSNBC or some bullshit like that, mm -hmm. and I'm going to get an article from someone who is on the left that is verified, that supports my argument, and then I'm going to show them. Because it's like, if you weren't so fucking stupid, and you just educated yourself, and you read things... You would understand that what I'm saying, I'm not spewing anything besides People truth. People just don't like being wrong. They don't like being told they're wrong. Oh, no. We live in a fucking world to where nobody... Like, participation trophies left and right, you know, like, A for effort. Okay, but you have to be wrong sometimes. People you have to be. Who, I don't want to be fucking... You know, the only person that... Well, not the only person. There's been several. But, like, Hitler never wanted to be wrong. <laughs> That's what happens to people when they never fucking want to be wrong. Dude just it, said Hitler. <laughs> he does. Hitler didn't want to be wrong. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Exactly. <laughs> no. I'm Hitler now, I guess. <laughs> no, and I agree. I just, this society, I know we just went whole, like, off topic, and that's okay. But, like, this society, it just pisses me off because I was raised the way the society is, okay? Yeah. I was raised, and... That, and I, my parents can't help that they raised me that way because that's how they were raised. That's all they know. And that's okay to an extent, but y'all have to open your mind a little bit and open your eyes a little bit just to re if you just research something, okay? And, like, verify research. And if you still believe how you feel, but by all means, feel the way you feel, think the way you think, like what you like, don't what you don't. But y'all need to learn, like, you can't throw your shit on somebody and then get mad when they th retaliate with facts and then... You can still agree to disagree, and I'm completely okay with that. And I love healthy debates, healthy arguments. And I'm okay with, with having different opinions. And if it ends up where we still stand where we started, that's okay. You can always sway me, though, if it's literally a legit, like, you have a valid reason as to why you feel the way you do. And I think, thank, I, not think, I'm thankful that I got to that point in my life because had I still been the way I was raised, y'all still wouldn't like me. Y'all probably still don't like me, but y'all really wouldn't like me. They'll, they'll like you when you uh, when you tell more of your story. They'll, they'll figure, Fuck. no, you're good. See, this is what you do. I give people tequila. You go off on a ramble. You get comfortable. Hey, I forewarned you I was going to ramble. Hey, it's that. okay. Hey, I know what I'm doing. I don't. You use this talking about swaying arguments with facts. You can either sway arguments with facts or tequila.
Either, <laughs> either way, either way, it always it always gets you where you need to be. Uh, so okay. let's get back to your topic. <laughs> okay. Um, where were we at in it? Okay, so I got married. Not married yet. Okay, so we got engaged. End up splitting because we the red flags just kept getting heavier and heavier. We both were given red flags at this point. What were your red flags that you knew you were given? I just knew that I was being a shitty person. I knew that I wasn't being wifey material. I wasn't being a good girlfriend, a good fiance, because everything he did pissed me off. So when that's was, every fucking woman ever, we can't breathe without y'all getting mad some days. I I agree. I do agree with you. Um, but I have changed. I don't like being mad anymore. So if I can same change, bruh. get out of it, then same. like if it's not that big of a deal, then it's not that big of a deal. You know, like I'll let you have your argument. Let you. Like, you have to pick your battles. I pick all my battles. If you if you battle everything, then you definitely lose the war. You you only battle the things that you need to battle. That and if. The only time I really bounce if I feel so passionate, so confident on something is when I will tell you. And then I still am okay with agreeing to disagree on it and like, you know, ending it and with the same place we started. But I'm going to let you know how I feel about it. But I had red flags and like it wasn't just him. And we both just kind of got very, very selfish. Um, we were arguing left and right. Nothing that either one of us did was right. We couldn't, everything was wrong on both ends of it, just how we viewed each other. And so there came a point when, that was going on, and there was other people grabbing our attention. And granted, I did not sleep around on him. I didn't do nothing like that. But if someone were to hit my phone up, and I thought they were cute or they were intriguing, I would carry on a conversation. And that's not okay. Oh, it's not. It's not okay at all. It's not. And I did that because we were so bad and such a bad point, and I just I didn't want to talk to him. But then I t- would turn around, red flag as fuck, and just a shitty person, and cuss him out for doing the same thing and that happened for about a month or so I'd say and then finally I wanted to go ride dirt roads with these two guys and that and my friend that I'd grown up with and he never wanted to go out do anything at all nothing I ever wanted to do he wanted to do but he always wanted to go off on his own with his friends every day but the second I wanted to he didn't want me to go out and nothing so I was battling more so of a principle of it and looking back, I should have picked my battles and should not have pushed as hard as I did to go ride dirt roads that night, um, which I did not end up doing, by the way. But I fought for it as hard as I could, and it was a terrible decision. At, looking back at it in the moment, it was terrible. Right now, I'm great where I'm at. But ended up taking my ring off, setting it on the table, and walking out. And yeah, I'm petty as fuck. Like, I deserve <laughs> like to be queen... Petty Betty, whatever it may be. Like, I had someone tell me last night that they've never met anyone pettier than me. That Welcome to my house. <laughs> I'm telling they, you. I promise you, I'm Richard Petty, baby. If you, you fuck me over, I promise and you. And I know, like, I do with. it very, like, now I've, I'm, I'm very, like, I can't think of the word. Like, I'm just, I know how to get under people's skins now. It's not like a bitchy petty anymore. Back then, it was a bitchy petty. So, but he also was petty. So, whenever I put the ring down, I left and I went to um, the bar that I worked at. And I went up there to sit up there and drink. I was friends with one of the bartenders. She was one of my best friends. And um, he ended up, we had this, like, promotion thing going on. Like, Sweetwater 420. We were getting my t-shirts, getting my glasses, koozies, all this stuff. And so, I was sitting there and I got 
me a glass, got me a koozie, got me a t-shirt. And I looked at her and I was like, I know good and well me and him are going to get back together. We This ain't this ring being off ain't going to stick forever, you know? Like, I just know it ain't. So I was like, go ahead and get me a shirt, a large, too, so I can give it to him. And um, this is literally like 20 minutes after I took my ring off. And then next thing I know, I, I, right after she hands me the t-shirt, he walks through the door and comes bouncing all up in the bar. And I was like, okay, so I start laughing. He starts laughing. We eye each other the whole time, and then I give him the shirt, and then he leaves. And then the bartender that was working, that was my friend, she was volume, which means she got to leave once the crowd died down or, like, the closing bartender could handle it. And so she left. Didn't think twice about it. They were texting the whole time, and they left together. What? Yeah. And they end up doing whatever. Then he ends up, that was just a hookup to whatever. And then he ended up dating and moving in with one of my best friends. Um, Which she's a best friend now again, but I learned also in those moments, like, she was not then. But if I can forgive him, I can forgive her. Like, we all go through shitty shit. Like, I've came a long way and understand that, but, like, I've done shitty shit and just things make you do dumb things sometimes. Just emotions, like... I've done a lot of fucked up shit. I ain't never banged one of my friend's ex. I have... I, I I won't do it. I did it once, but that that was a whole different story, we, and that was I, I was per, given permission. We have a whole ass rule between me and my friends that if you've ever said I love you to a girl, she is off limits to your boys forever and ever and ever. And if one of your friends violates that, fuck that person. The only time I did that, the only time I ever like slept with a friend's ex or whatever, was when. This was literally in this time frame, actually. Um, so, homegirl was my friend. We had a falling out or whatever, and then we had just got back good right before me and him split again. Well, split for the first time. And I introduced them. It's like a month prior. And then so, he left with the bartender. We actually, I didn't know about this at the time. And we started texting again like I thought we were going to and knew it was going to do that. Bartender texted me. Um, this all happened the same day. Bartender texted me and was like, hey, just so you know, I slept with Will last night or the other night. That was her words exactly, just so you're aware, I, we hooked up. And I was like, excuse me? Thought we were okay right here. We were not, me and her are not been arguing or nothing. She, like, okay, cool. So, got off on him. He was like, the fuck are you talking about? I was like, the fuck you mean am I talking about? And then. Did he lie about it? No. He didn't. At first, he he tried. He was he would make sure like I knew the truth before he tried to yeah. lie. And once he realized I knew what I was talking about, like he was he was all in. But then the other girl, me and her had beef. We got became my friends, and then she ended up poking him on Facebook. And he he was in prison for ten and a half years. So he wasn't. He went in in oh four oh five. So he wasn't around for the Facebook era. He didn't get out until twenty sixteen. So he wasn't. He didn't know about all this MySpace and poking and shit like that. So whenever she started poking him, he ignored it, and then she did it again, and then he was like, what does that mean? And she's like, I'm trying to get your attention. So he'd already done the other, you know, done the bartender. So then he texted me when I, the same day I was at work, and I was like, what are you doing? He was like, oh, I just took so-and-so some breakfast. And I said, who? And he told me your name. And I was like, wait, Why? And he was like, well, she wanted some. And I was like, and? And he said, well, she's your friend, so I didn't think you'd care. 
And I was like, I ain't got no friend that I am close enough to for you to be taking her breakfast without me knowing first. <laughs> Not one of them. You couldn't even say my mama right now, and I would say hell no. Because the way it was, it went down, that, that was not okay. So, which all, everything I know now, like, I did not know in this time frame. Um, and all that happened at once, the finding out by the bartender, finding out about that. He came out there and, like, tried to make me feel better. And then I believed him, believed he was right, believed he didn't mean any of it because I was young, dumb, and just fucking dumb, honestly. We're all stupid. Yeah, very stupid. Nah, I promise. At that age, I was extremely fucking stupid. So stupid. So then... Um, he, I don't know why you're trying to pop that top slow. You can put it up to the, the microphone. I don't give a I'm shit. I'm just trying to be quiet. So then... Um, I don't see you being quiet in any aspect of your life. <laughs> I am not. Okay, but then we like... And it's, he moved in with a girl and her two kids. And then I was still living in our, in our same place. And then he... <laughs> He, his family does this family Christmas thing every year. And when you draw it in, there's so many cousins, they do the whole like, white elephant, I think is what it's called. I'm not sure. I don't know. We're, we're, we're trash family. We okay. don't do stuff yeah, like I, that. Yeah, we don't either. So yeah, they put don't. all names in the hat, and you pull a name, and you give that person a present. Okay. Oh, no. Fuck that shit. That's cutting presents out for me. I'm, I'm greedy when it comes to presents. Well, that's just for the cousin Christmas, not the uh, aunts okay. and uncles and grandparents. Gotcha. Like that. that makes sense. They all get all the help, whatever the fuck what they want. But with the cousins... It has like a, has a maximum price you can spend. It has a minimum price, whatever it might be. And so me and him, before I found out about everything, we were still in this time period of like trying to work it out. Um, they had already pulled names. It was after Thanksgiving and everything. So he pulled his, one of his cousin's names, and I ended up messaging a lady I knew, got him a Yeti cup, and got his um, name engraved on the Yeti cup as his present. And I paid for it and everything. And then he was supposed to pay me back, which he never did, by the way. And there was that. So he was, then all that happened. And then me and him got into arguments every fucking day just about. And then finally he was like, I miss you, I miss you, I miss you. And obviously I was so in love with him and I missed him so much that I didn't care how bad he fucked me over that I missed him too and I wanted him back. So I was doing everything I fucking could to be around him. Well, I texted him. I was like, hey, I'm getting your present today. You're, y'all are eating tonight at the bar that I work at. Um, I'll meet you up there a little bit earlier to give you the present to give to him. That way they don't have to know that I got it. That way I don't have to talk to any of them, you know, yada, yada. Well, he said, okay. I get home from work. I get off at like 5.30. I got home at 6, so I live about 15, 20 minutes away. And then I was, I had just sent the message. And he said, okay. And I go to get in the shower. And I live alone at this point. And I live in the country, so I don't lock my doors. I don't shut my doors. I'm in my bedroom. And there's a straight shot from my bathroom through my bedroom, through my kitchen, to my living room where my front door's at. Just a mm-hmm. straight shot. And as my shower's running, I go to get in. I hear the door open. And I'm like, who the fuck? I'm naked as fuck. I literally about to step in the shower. And home dude walks in. And I'm like, the fuck are you doing here? Oh, I came to get my boots and my, the gift. And I was like, I haven't even picked the gift up yet. And why didn't you just tell me to bring the boots when I bring you the gift? He's like, I don't know. LOL, bitch, you knew. So we end up doing whatever, hooking up. <laughs> I was fitting the ass. Definitely hooked up. He knew what he was doing. He definitely knew what he was doing. I don't blame him. I would have done the same thing. And then I te- when we went to leave, I was like, all right, I'll let you know when I get the shit, and I'll meet you. And then we were texting the whole way throughout. I get up there, give him the gift. He's sitting there. I can see all of them where they're sitting at. He's texting me every time he gets the gift, every time anything happens. 
hey, look at this hat I got. Hey, look at this. We were talking about hanging out afterwards. We were, I, I was all in. Like, okay, cool. We just hooked up. Like, we had just had great fucking sex, okay? And so, here, we're, we're great. We're good, okay? And then so, everything's planned. So then, his family hates me at this point, by the way. They fucking hate me. And, because apparently I was the bad guy in all of it because I don't even know what stories were told, if I'm being honest. But whatever it was... I did it, apparently. Been there. I know how that shit goes. I just let it be. So I was like, whatever. So then, supper ends. You know, they get done with everything. And I'm texting him like, all right, so what are we about to do? Where are we going? What you want to do? And he ignores me. And I'm like, well, why are you ignoring me? He turned around and told his cousin that I was blowing his phone up the whole entire time and that I wouldn't leave him alone and let him enjoy his dinner. He um, ends up walking over to me and was like, I can't. I got to go read ex-friend girl that he was still dating and living with, by the way. Um, she has two kids. She had two kids at the time. He had to go read the youngest girl a bedtime story so he couldn't hang out with me. <laughs> and uh, little Fitz, I feel like you're a dumbass in this story. Oh, I definitely well, was. To, to this point, because you shouldn't have slept with old dude. Should not have. Knowing that he lived with somebody else and that he was fixing, I had to. Like, I was no. being petty because she was my friend and she did that, and I didn't care about her feelings. I would never do that now in my life. Yeah. I would never. You could not pay me to do something like that right now. Yeah. Um. Back then, very depressed and emotional and just what anxiety or every fucking thing on the planet against me. It's which, okay. You can get depressed and emotional before you leave here, too. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, I, maybe I should tell you I got to go read some bedtime stories before you leave. Bitch, bye. <laughs> I was so mad when he said that, dude. I'm telling you, I got so mad. I don't. I wish I still had the text messages like of me cussing his ass out. And it, I was cussing him out so bad that they called the law and got a no contact order put on me because I was harassing him. He said, even though I wasn't harassing him in any of it, it was strictly factual and it was not me saying I'm going to do anything to you or nothing. I was just calling him a piece of shit, which was not wrong, by the way. Um, of all the fucked up things I've done, I've never got one of those. What? A no contact. A no contact. Uh, he's done it twice to me. Oh. Mm-hmm. And they were never, like, I don't think, the second one definitely was not my fault. The first one that I'm talking about now, I still don't feel like it was my fault. It kind of might have been. No, because he <laughs> should not have came, showed up at my house unannounced, should not have fucked me on my bed unannounced. Oh, so he just took it. I mean, I tried to pretend uh, like I didn't yeah, want yeah, it at you, first. Yeah, but, you know. right. Come on now. Come on now. <laughs> I mean, you, yeah, okay. Let's let's not play completely. I'm not saying I was here. innocent. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying this was a very much a mutual thing. I felt like, and I should not have been. You were just mad. He was just mad that I. He told me he would hang out, and I, and then he couldn't. And the fucking reason he gave me was bullshit. I mean, it wasn't bullshit given that he wasn't. No, in a that's a horrible, horrible fucking like. Like you, if you knew you had to fucking do that, then why the fuck did you do anything else or say anything else? Why did you leave me on the whole fucking dinner that we were going to hang out and that you wanted to fuck my brains out again? And then you're like, oh, sorry, I got to go read so-and-so a bedtime story because she's three. Bitch, bye. He didn't put your pussy to sleep. He was going to go put some other ones Yeah, out. pretty much. <laughs> so, <laughs> so then. It doesn't pay to be easy, folks. Mm. Who's easy? You. You shouldn't have gave it up so we easy. We were engaged. You were, you, he was living with somebody else at this point in time. Two weeks in. Was he living with someone else at this point in time? Okay. You're not wrong. I was I, I'm just saying. No, you're right. No, I agree I'm with just you. Saying. I do agree with you on that point. However, at the time, I didn't fucking care. Like, I just didn't. And I will tell you that right. Like, I did not fucking care because of how she treated me. It was karma that I was giving firsthand on a platter. 
Yeah. Which is not how karma works, folks. <laughs> you can't distribute <laughs> karma like that. I felt like that's exactly what I was doing. Anywho. The universe is telling me to fuck him because he left me. I want to ruin his new relationship. That's karma for well, you. Well, what happened was... They call her Buddha. <laughs> Buddha Brittany. Uh, let's keep going, Buddha. Okay, so then... Whatever, no contact order. And the person that delivered me the no contact order was one of my best friends because he was a sheriff deputy at the time. He called me on my cell phone and said, where are you at? And I was like, I'm at the bar. Why? Because I got to fucking serve you some fucking papers, Brittany. The fuck did you do? And see, the thing is, when he um, you know, asked for the no contact order, they didn't ask for any proof. They just took his word. They didn't ask for messages. You know, They didn't ask to see what was going on. They didn't ask if I really was harassing him. They just took his word and went with it, which is fine. So then when I... Sh- my friend showed up. He asked to read the messages, so I showed him, and he was like, the fuck? And I was like, just do it. You know, this will give me a reason not to talk to him. This will be like, I legally can't, and that's what I need right now. I need a break. So then for 29 more days, I uh, was obsessed at the time. 29 more days, we were on the no contact order. And then... That only lasts 30 days? Hold on. We had a mutual friend, and... <laughs> no, 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 no. No, 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 no. Just keep going. That's where this is going. No, you don't. No, you don't. No, you don't. We had a mutual friend, and it was one of his, it was supposed to be one of his groomsmen, well, because we were, you know, guys get married, but then wedding got called off, but I was still friends with this dude as well, and he would always check in on me, make sure I was okay, yada, yada, and I would vent to him left and right, you know, just because I, we were close like that, and then he would tell me sometimes, you know, like, he wouldn't ever tell me how Will was feeling until it came to the point that Will went to him saying he missed me, so then he came to me and was like, I just want you to know that Will misses you, and I was like fucking send him over it's been a month you know like i'm still obsessed with this guy i'm still in love with this guy apparently it doesn't matter how wrong he did me i was still all in okay dumb is decision ever however still young and dumb and then i was like go ahead yeah okay cool so the next morning will called the sheriff's department and dropped the no contact order then he texted me and was like i still love you um all this kind of shit you know fell for it we were together for a month. He left for another girl for another month. Got back together for a month. Left for another girl for a month. The same girl. Second, not, this is another girl than the first one, but the second t- two times was the same girl. And then when he left the second time, I was like, fuck it, I'm done. Like, I miss you and I love you, but I am not putting myself through this anymore. I am fucking done. And then a month and a half in, he hit me up, and I was like, what the fuck are you doing? And he kept hitting me up. So literally for another month, he literally blew my shit up every fucking day. I miss you. I hate I did this. I wish I could do better. I wish I would be the man you need me to be. I was like, look, you already had your opportunities. Like, I'm fucking done. Like, I'm so sorry. And he kept on and kept on and kept on. And then he, one day I gave in a little bit, and he came over. And listen, though, we didn't fuck. He came over, and he was begging me, and I was like, look, I was looking at him like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Like, I don't know what you're doing right now. Like, I'm not in this right now. He got on his hands and knees crying, begging me to take him back, literally. <laughs> I Snapchatted a picture of him and sent it to both the girls. No, you didn't. Yeah. That's fire. I didn't lie to you. And I said, oh, look Best who he's begging now. Best part of the now. story so far. <laughs> I said, look who he's begging now, bitches. And then I still sent him away. <laughs> and then he kept on begging for a couple days, and then finally I gave in. I was like, you know what? I'm about to be more petty. I'm a lesbian. No, leave her ass. Prove to her that I was right all along, that you still want me more than her. Go ahead. Let's do it. 
I don't, should not have because I didn't even want to be with the boy this time. I just was being petty and wanted her to know that she couldn't have him. And I love him, don't get me wrong, but I didn't love him enough to like want to fucking do all that again. Well, then he came back in and he meant, he acted out every word that he did. He was the best boyfriend, the best guy. He was the best spouse. He did everything right. But you were over it, wasn't you? Not until he started doing right. Then he pulled me right back in. He started doing everything right that I begged the whole past year and a half. And finally, I was like, okay, we're here. We had the best time. I was so in love again. Like, you know what? I'm forgiving you. Um, I have a I'm really bad at forgiving people I should not. Me too. I've, I've gotten better about it, but I'm still bad about it. But back then, I was really bad. And I would hold grudges against all the girls and then be mad at him. But then, like, if I'm, now I'm like, the fuck you mean? Like, if you're going to forgive one person for fucking you over and it took two people, you can't forgive one and not the other. That's right. Like, you can't. So either you forgive them both or forgive neither one of them. There's It's not fair to do the, the, either or. So... But back then I still was like, fuck it, I'm about to piss her off. But we got great. We became great. We got engaged again. And literally had the best next six months planned the wedding. The best. Our, um, I was literally, I could not, be in, could not have been more in love than I was then. And I'd, I would be shocked if I ever get there again. Just because of how genuine I felt in those moments. And then um, our wedding's a month away. And I, for, okay, now we have a Stock the Bar party on January 19th. It's on Saturday night. I'm really good at dates and birthdays, by the way. I can tell. I'm fucking horrible at them, dude. That's all I'm good at. I'm not good at math. I'm just good at those, like, those things. It sounds like you kept this guy coming back. You were good at a couple things. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> Toxic or not. Uh, Got to come up for something. Anywho. I definitely want for you to get stuff off the top counter. No, that was definitely his, you know, I would climb on the counter and get that shit. Hold on. <laughs> so then, I, for the stock the bar party, I had three beer. And just keep in mind, I know everybody says this, but I have a high fucking tolerance to alcohol. Okay? And I have, a, like, I can handle my alcohol. Well, it's granted now, it's gotten a lot worse. But at this moment in time in my life, like, I could outdrink my daddy, who was an alcoholic. Yeah. Okay? I could take shots of eating, whatever. I could do whatever. I could hold my, I could hold my own, Okay? So four beers in, I was drunk off my ass. I swore I'd been roofied. I swore I was roofied. And it's all our wedding party here and just a couple more friends because it's just a stock the bar for the wedding. And then I ate a brownie. That's all I ate. I mean, I ate beforehand. But then, like, that night afterwards, I wanted something sweet. We had brownies. And I ate a brownie. Ended up puking up the brownie and all my, and my four beer. And I'm like, what the fuck? I don't throw up from being drunk. I literally I can count on one hand in my life, how many times I've thrown up from alcohol, and it's not even all fingers, because I, I hate throwing up, so I would do everything I can not to, so I just, I don't puke when I'm drunk, and, unless I'm sick, so I started throwing up, and I was like, huh, something's wrong, roofied, 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 who the fuck did it, start questioning everybody, well, nobody roofied me, so the next thought they're gonna tell you, huh, thought they're gonna tell you, yeah, but, I mean, they really didn't, I just thought they did, so then, the next weekend, I, couldn't drink alcohol. Like, I just, none of it tasted good to me. So I was drinking yu and I was chugging. God, I love goddamn yu For real. I was chugging. Fuck. Left right. And I felt like I had a stomach virus. I really swear I had a stomach virus. Chugging yu and then I puking like a fire hydrant. All the yu I drank. And I'm <laughs> like, the fuck is wrong with me? There's def I definitely have a stomach virus. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. So then the next weekend, um, I was at, we were at a friend's house, me and Will and our friend, 
And they were like, we're supposed to go out that night and everything. It was a Friday night. And they were like, Brittany, drink. Why are you not drinking? I was like, I just don't. I just know there's no way I can drink. Like, I, I have a feeling I know I can't drink. And like, Brittany, you're fine. Just drink. I was like, no, there's no way. I, I cannot drink alcohol right now. And they're like, just fucking do it. And I still come to pre-pressure all the time, okay? I'm really bad at that, too. So I finally opened a beer. First sip. Couldn't even finish swallowing before I was running to the sink and puking up everything I had for lunch. I finally looked at them and I said, let's go get a pregnancy test. I took eight of them bitches. <laughs> eight. Mm. Until I still was not convinced that they were right. That every, and there wasn't no faint lines in any of them either, by the way. They were hardcore, even though got some, I got every different brand possible, okay? And I wanted to know across the board. So you had some dark blue lines, you had some dark pink pluses. You had words that said pregnant on there, the clear blues. And I was like, there is no way in hell. It was a week before my birthday, a week, and a month to the day before my wedding. I was pissed. So I called. <laughs> I'm still pissed, by the way. You can tell. <laughs> still pissed. I was, cause my only thing I told him, I was like, look, I was told I couldn't get pregnant by the doctors. Okay. Yeah. So, so there was that. We have been having, having unprotected sex. Does not matter if I was ovulating or not. Like, he was fertilizing all the eggs every time we had sex, okay, um, for two and a half years. And not once got pregnant. So the one, and the only rule I had about anything was don't be pregnant on my wedding day, okay? Yeah. And the only rule we broke was I got pregnant for my wedding day. So when I found out I was pregnant, I called my very, very best friend at the time, who was also engaged, and her wedding was in September of that year. This was in February. And I was like, dude, I'm pregnant. What the fuck, you know? Like, I was excited, but I wasn't. I was pissed, but I wasn't. And I was just like, I was more shocked than anything. I need someone to talk to. She got pissed. Because I was due a, two weeks after her wedding day. Oof. And she was pissed that I was going to be pregnant at her wedding. So she didn't say anything when I talked to her, but I, I, can tell in her, I could tell in her voice that she wasn't you know, happy about it, which shocked me because she's obsessed with babies and obsessed with like people being pregnant, and she's that motherly figure, and she is all about it. So when she wasn't as excited as I thought she should have been, I was like, okay, whatever. Whatever, went by, and then... Come my wedding day, I was I was 12 weeks pregnant on my wedding day. Oh, shit. I found out at eight weeks pregnant that I was pregnant. Because I had irregular periods, so I had no idea. And I was stressed about the wedding. It's just every time I got stressed, it, met, it fucked up my, my cycle. So I just I just assumed I was just you know stressed as fuck because our wedding's a month away, you know. Like, we have so much shit going on that I just, there was no way in hell. So I was told I couldn't be. And then when I was, everything came together. And it made more sense. So, come the wedding day, I'm 12 weeks pregnant. I'm pissed at being on my feet all day, already. Like, literally, it's only lunchtime. We get there. Um, Will didn't have his shirt, his button-up shirt. We got married an hour and a half away from our hometown. Yeah. So, we didn't, we, there was no way to go home and get it, okay? So, luckily, one of our Friends, when his groomsmen lived right around the corner, went and got a button-up white shirt. Didn't match anybody else's, but whatever. He was a groom, so it was okay. Nobody told me this either, by the way, until right before I walked down the aisle. <laughs> I would have told you. Um, and then I tried to have a glass of wine. I wanted so bad to just get a buzz off of wine. I loved red wine at the time. Yeah. Baby did not like red wine. Did <laughs> not. So I was even more pissed. So I couldn't get buzzed, couldn't get drunk, whatever. 
have a great ceremony, great reception, whatever. Everybody gets to leave, and everybody wants to go to Crazy Bull in Macon afterwards because very good time. Love to fuck, sir. I love Crazy Bull, and I didn't want to go because my feet hurt. I was twelve weeks pregnant. I was tired. I was exhausted. I wanted to go home with my husband. Okay, my newly husband. I wanted to go spend time with him. Nope, he wanted a divorce because I didn't want to go. He told me when we got to the hotel that he was going to file for annulment the next day because I didn't want to go out with him and all his friends. Uh, that's stupid. I could see me being pissed if you didn't want to go out if I didn't know you were pregnant. Like, if you if I knew that you were fucking good to go on wedding day. On wedding day. You being pregnant, though, kind of changes the ballgame. You, you you being pregnant, I, I I could even much of a dickhead as I am, I'd have been like, no, nah, I got we got to go home. Like, this isn't fair to her. You got to spend your wedding day with who you just got fucking married to. Well, that and then also I even I bowed down a little bit and was like, we can go to the pub ninety six. Yeah. And Warner Robbins I was like, we can go there for a little bit with everybody first, and then if you want to go to Crazy Bull with everybody, you can. I just I'm tired. Yeah. And because we were arguing and finally I just gave in. I was like, just go, go have fun. You know, like have fun with your friends, do what you want to do. Um, I would just want to spend time with my husband, you know, newly husband just got married like a couple hours ago. I'm exhausted. My feet hurt. My stomach hurts. Like I'm nauseous. Like I just, I just want to go lay down. No, no, no. We'll fucking go. Just don't fucking worry about it. Get to the hotel. Didn't talk to him the whole way there, by the way. And then, um, get there and argue all night long. Next day wakes up as if none of it happened. Was in love, whatever. Go on our honeymoon. Got pissed on our honeymoon because I was so nauseous. I had morning sickness like crazy. And I couldn't ride roller coasters like he wanted to do. I couldn't go do a lot of things he wanted to do that would have been fun because I was pregnant and morning sickness. Like, I just couldn't do a lot of things. And then legally, I couldn't get on roller coasters, obviously, you know, shit like that. Like, there's yeah. just things I couldn't do. Where did y'all get to the honeymoon? Gatlinburg okay. and Pigeon Forge. And Y'all went to Dollywood? We did not go. Where, what roller coasters then? I, he wanted to go there, we, but we didn't. Oh, uh, okay. I was going to say. Oh. He wanted to go, and he wanted a go-kart race and all this shit, whatever the fuck they have up there. And How old was he? At the time, he was 31, 32. Oh, so he's older than you. Yeah, he's 34 now. Okay, so he's my age. Yeah. Well, I'm what year were you born? 87. He was born 86, October 86. Okay. I don't turn 34 till later this year. I just don't see me, I don't see me or a lot of guys I know, like for their honeymoon, being like, Let's go ride roller coasters. So I, another thing that also were the, I gave away red flags and allowed them to happen more so is because I know how dumb I was and how immature I was in my early 20s. And he was in prison from 19 to 29. Oh, you kind of fucking left that part out, guy. I mentioned he was in prison for 10 and a half years earlier. Yes, I did. Did you? Yeah. I mean, I didn't elaborate on it, but I mentioned it. Uh, What was he in prison for? Armed robbery. Oh, you're that girl. No, no, you're fine. I get it. I get See, it. I didn't know it about it at first. Sense. It all makes sense. It all Which makes is sense. why my mama also all knew about sense. it and didn't want me to be with him. Um, yeah, I'm not. I'm not that girl. I, like that's the only time in my life I've ever. You like the ones you can fix. That's why you keep going back to this. That's why you did. You like the ones that you can fix. The ones that us that are extremely rough around the edges that you think you can fix, and you know what? You fucking can't. I know. I know. I can't. You can't. And, like, see, I'm where you're at with just your thought process because then I didn't know that. And now I take a step back and I look at it, and that's exactly, like, I'm very psychological about things now. And I want to know why I think the way I do, why I act the way I do, why I make the decisions I do. And that's, you're correct. I want to fix him. I wanted to fix him. I still want to fix him. 
but whatever. So then I always gave him the benefit of the doubt because he was in prison for 10 and a half years. He didn't get to fuck up like everyone else did in those times. Like those, are, those are vital years, your 20s. They were very vital. And I'm still in them, and I'm still fucking up, okay? And so I should not have given as many benefits, benefits of the doubt because you got you you learn at some point, and then you learn what you can get away with. And I let him get away with a hell of a lot more than he should have. And then so that all happened. And then we got better. He wanted to divorce on the honeymoon as well. And then he decided we did. And when we got back, he was very wishy-washy. It just sounds, it just sounds very immature, this very, period. Very, 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 very. He can be mature, and he has great thought. Like, he understands some things, but he lets his emotions take over, and he doesn't know how to, like, separate the two. Oh, there can't be two people in a relationship that both let their emotions run it. Uh, There can't be. One has to be logical, and the other one can be fucking let their emotionals take control. You can't have both people like that. That's toxic. Yeah, no, we were very toxic for each other. No, you can't tell at all. And so, like, I was emotional, but then I learned to be the logical one. Like, I put my emotions aside. because, like, you know, because... Obviously, he wasn't changing his. Yeah. Anywho, pregnant, whatever. We're doing great. And then come April 27th. This is going to make me funny. April 27th, we have our gender reveal. It's a girl. Mm-hmm. He didn't talk to me for two days because he Why? wanted a boy. Oh, fuck this guy. I hate this guy. Did not talk to me for two days because he was mad because I was having a girl and not a boy. Then he finally came around to it. And I was like, because finally I was like, look, I don't give a fuck what you think. One, it's your sperm, not mine, that made that happen. Like, it's all your chromosomes and shit. That ain't got nothing to do with me. Two, you got 11 siblings, and only two of them are boys. No, that's how I'm, I've got two girls, and uh, I just got a feeling I'm one of those guys that only puts off girls. It's probably what I deserve. <clears throat> In my family, we have 12 grandkids, and one of them is a boy. Yeah, y'all both fuck them. There was no way. Like, we knew it was going to be great. Yeah, like, yeah. I just knew it. So then, anywho, didn't talk for two days. Finally came around. We were good. A week after the gender reveal, we decided to go on a date night. We hadn't had one in a while. We need to get out, get out the house, just go have dinner somewhere in town locally, whatever, just just to have a me and him night. We go to this new bar that my friends had just opened. And then eat, have a good time, you know, talk to people, everything. And then as I – right. I gave the car to pay, and I was like, hey, I'm going to the bathroom. I go to pee, and I come back. And when I come back, my water breaks. Oh, shit. I'm 22 weeks pregnant. Ugh. And my water broke in the hallway. So then my doctor was in Albany, which is 45 minutes from Cordial. And I went to the hospital that was in Cordial, which I refused to do. And I, honestly, I know why at this point that I refuse to do it, and I have every reason to why I should not have went there, and I should have taken – the 45 minutes to get to the hospital, my hospital. Um, but I went to the local you know, hospital within town. It took them 20 minutes, 30 minutes to even get me back after telling what was going on. And then when they got me back there, they checked my cervix and all this shit. I know that's very TMI, but whatever. Check everything two or three times. I'm having contractions. One, you're not supposed to check more than once if you check once because of risk of infections. Two, you know I was having contractions, so you still should not have checked because you knew I was already having them. There's no sense in any of that. You could check to see how far I was dilated, but you should not have touched me after that. And then, but they kept on, they kept on, they kept on. Blew a couple of my veins because they had new people doing IV work and shit like that, which pissed me off as well. And then a doctor that was on call was not a normal doctor in the labor delivery in our hometown. And he was from the town next door, actually. 
And he came into the room, and he told me with as far along that I was, there was nothing he could do or would do to save me or my baby, that I was a lost cause, and I was going to have the baby, and there was nothing that um, I could change about that. What? Literally word for word. Word for word. Was he an American or a Ferner? Inferner. I fucking hate Ferner doctors. So I shouldn't say that to all of them, but the majority of them have no bedside manner. They don't know how to fucking speak to you. Well, and, like, honestly, I'm a blunt person, so I would have taken that. Also, like, if you were correct, which knowing then in those moments, I was just pissed. But then also knowing being educated at this point after that on top of being pissed. Granted, with only being 22 weeks, if I would have had her right then and there, there's definitely not much they could have done. Because at 24 weeks is when they can do the steroid shots in your lungs. Well, in the baby's lungs. Yeah. And you got to be at least that far. So I had another week and a half to go. Well, so I understand that. However, you didn't even bother to prop my feet up, prop my ass in the air to try and push that baby down with gravity for a week, which I know is possible because my mama had the same pregnancy with me. And that's what they did to her. And I am still here. Okay. So, and they caught hers a week before mine. So I know that it's possible. How, how many weeks is it when you give birth? 30 or 40? 40. 40. Okay. I was born a month early. Okay. Okay. So my mama had the same exact pregnancy with me. And so I know it's possible to hold that baby back in there, like, with gravity and shit like that, okay? And he didn't even try. So then I was like, look, can you just, like, get me an ambulance, whatever, and, like, just take me to my doctor, like, in Albany, you know, let me get, just rush me over there just to see. I have a specialist. I was already supposed to be seen anyways, you know. Let's just see what we can do. He said, no, we don't, um, what did he say? He said, that's too much of a struggle for us to go through all that kind of paperwork, so we're just going to discharge you, and y'all can go over there on your own time. What was old dude doing this whole time? Oh, he was cussing him out. Okay. Oh, no, we both were fighting. Like, okay, okay. No, he he stands up for, that is one thing he will go to, he would die for the people that he is, like his yeah. people. He, it does not matter. And he will get violent. He does not fucking care. And he, we both were like. Well, I, I, I'll give him credit for that then because you'd have, you'd have had to take me out of that hospital with the And we cuffs. both were so close on that one that literally my parents were the only people yeah. there and, my, and they were like holding us both like, Brittany, shut the fuck up. I was like, no, you you shut the fuck up. Okay? No, you're going to get a goddamn ambulance for me. So, Well, they didn't. Yeah. Well, that, I'm just. No, I mean, like, we, I, I wish I was who I was now in that moment because a lot more would have happened and got done yeah. than what did. But I was still too naive and too nice and just too work. I wasn't focused on anybody else, but, like, this baby staying in, okay? Yeah. So then we go and we get in the car. They discharge us an hour and a half later. And he drives me all the way to Albany. We walk in there, and they already knew we were coming. We called ahead, everything. In the middle of a fucking storm, by the way, pouring fucking rain. Can't see in front of us. We get there. Um, he has to go get me, you know, wheelchair. We roll in. We tell him who we are, what's going on. Wait another hour and a half until they would even bring me back. And then they put me back there, and they didn't check me. But when I walked into the hospital room, the rest of my fluid dropped, and I had zero amniotic fluid in my cell. There was no baby was in no fluid. Okay. Yeah. Which the fluid can rebuild. It is very possible. It's just very rare. Yeah. Okay. So obviously we're being hopeful at this point. Okay. Very like praying, praying, praying. Um, half the doctors are going around behind my back saying like, "There's no way in hell this is going to happen." Yada. I had one nurse, and I had the specialty doctor that the specialist or whatever. He was my mama's specialist with me when she was pregnant with me, okay? And then my grandmother was the RN nurse when I was born. So she got to hold me before my mama did, okay? So my grandma worked with these people, and they knew who I was. With, they found out my name. 
that knew who my mom was when she walked into the hospital when she met us over there. Um, and one of the specialists is like nurses, doctors, employees, I don't even fucking know. She fought, she and one of my personal nurses fought to keep me there. They wanted to discharge me and just let it happen at home, okay? And just let me have the baby at home and just not have to deal with it. But they fought to keep me in the hospital. So for the, this was on a Friday night, Sunday morning at 5.07 a.m., I felt, so, okay, let me back up. I always said, like, okay, I know I'm in labor, obviously. I'm in labor. I'm having contractions, obviously. But my pain tolerance is so high because my periods are so bad that I don't know the difference, okay? And they're, they're like, you will know. You'll know. You'll know. And I'm like, okay, are you sure, though? Because my periods get really bad, and I have, a, like, my cramps get real bad. Is it going to be that or is it going to be not? And like, oh, you'll know. Bitch, I did not know. Labor, I would do labor ten times over over having a period cramp again in my life. I would do kidney stones over having a period cramp, okay? That's how bad they are. I don't know if you ever had kidney stones, but that's mm-hmm. how bad they are. And I've had high t- pain tolerance medicine, which, whatever. So then I, my monitor starts going off. I call in the nurse, and I was like, yo, it's going off. It won't shut the fuck up. Can you come shut it up? So they come in, and as she walks down, I was like, I'm sorry I was rude, but I got to pee. Can I go pee first before you do this? And they said, okay. So I walk over, and I go to pee. In 22 weeks and six days, I end up, didn't have to pee. It was pressure from me giving birth. Oh, shit. I have the child over the toilet in the hospital. Aww. With nobody around me. Will was in there. Will was in the room. And I yelled at him. I was like, hey, I need you to go get a doctor. I have a baby in my hand right now. So then, like, I have, like, five or six nurses rush into the bathroom and, like, finish, umbilical cord, all this kind of shit. Baby was alive for 12 minutes. Um, heart beating, strong as fuck. You could see her. You can see her fingernails. You could see her red hair. She was a ginger, and that's all I've ever wanted in life is have a ginger baby. Um, she was, her legs were like this long, like this long. She was about this long, which I'm very bad at, like, measurements. So, I don't know. She was, I don't, I don't even fucking remember. I should remember that. I don't remember how long she was. Anywho, she was right at a pound. Um, that's how much she weighed. And then... Uh, I wasn't, I was upset, but then I, well, I get real TMI and I'm really sorry, but had her, well, the placenta didn't come out with her because I was still so early, still attached to my, my um, ears or whatever. So they had to go in and these doctors, keep in mind, were not my doctors because my, all my doctors were on call, mm-hmm. I mean, not on call. They were on vacation. So we had the hospital's doctors on call. So I had some people I also had never seen before in my life doing all this shit. So then the doctor on call comes in, gets elbow deep up in me, physically yanking this shit off my uterine while trying to get it off, and it's not going anywhere. And I'm like, hey, 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 I can feel everything you're doing. Mm. She's like, no, you can't. And I'm like, the fuck you mean I can't? I was like, I need another round of medicine. Like, I have a high tolerance to pain medicine. Like, I just do. Like, it doesn't affect me like everybody else. Like, you got to give me extra dosage. I'm not a druggie here, but I just, I can feel what you're doing. And then so they give me another round, and I was like, she goes out again. I'm like, look, bitch, I can feel everything you're fucking doing. She's like, no, you cannot. And I was like, I don't know who the fuck you think you are, but you can't tell me what I can and cannot feel. And so she kept on, and I looked at her, and I said, if you don't give me another fucking round or give me a fucking DNC, I'm about to kick in your goddamn face. <laughs> My mama said, Brittany. And I said, I don't give a fuck who you are. I don't give a fuck who anybody in this room is, but you touch me again, and my foot is going in your face. So they gave me another round of medicine, Came and put a shot of Finnergan in my th- um, thigh, which had they asked me, they would know that I take Finnergan on the reg and I have pres- like prescriptions or even look at my paperwork. Prescription of Finnergan. So it doesn't do shit to me. 
So all you do is bruise my fucking thigh and hurt it, by the way. And then she went to do it again, and I literally tried to kick her in her face. Damn. I tried. It did not do it. And then there, she was like, okay, we're doing a DNC. I was like, thank you. Fucking thank you for listening to me. Next thing I know, I'm waking up. They're telling me how I had to have two blood transfusions, how I almost didn't even make it. Um, but I'm here. And I go back to the, you know, the room. And then it still doesn't hit me. And then end up leaving and it is what it is. Okay, so there's just, that's Willa Kate. We named her Willa Kate. And then here's a, here's a chilly story. Like, you're going to get chills from it. So after that, so this was a week before Mother's Day. Mm-hmm. So come, so we had, okay, so she, her, she was born on the 5th, May 5th. We had, I was in the hospital, that was on a Sunday. I was in the hospital Tuesday the 7th. So then that Thursday, the 9th, is when we had her funeral. So we gave her a whole funeral and everything like that. We're getting her casket and everything. Not, casket. We're getting her like a headstone and everything. And when we're at the funeral, outside graveside or whatever, afterwards, his aunt came up to me and she was like, hey, have you thought about, you know, your tombstones you want to do, what you want to look like, yada, yada. I know you don't want to talk about it too much, but have you thought about it? And I was like, no, I haven't at all. I haven't thought twice about it. And then so literally like two or three rows over, you can see you can see the size, you know, of the tombstone, yeah. whatever, what headstones, whatever. And she pointed at like a little baby, and she was like, "What about that one?" And I was like, "I didn't walk over there, nothing." I was just like, "Yeah, that looks fine. That's great. You know, just go with that one. Tell the grave dude, make that just with her name, information, whatever." Okay, so then we all leave. Well, then Mother's Day is three days later, so me and Will go back to the gravesite because I was upset with it being Mother's Day, all this shit going on. So then we we're over there. Okay, his name is William Harry, okay? His grandpa, who had died several years prior, called him William Henry. His grandpa pretty much raised him, okay? That was, his, that was his dude. Called him William Henry instead of William Harry. That was always a joke. He's the only one that ever did it. On the birth certificate of Willocates, they wrote, they asked our names, and they wrote William Henry instead of William Harry. Oh, damn. Okay, like without us saying anything, we told him William Henry, and they said wrote William Henry. So then we go back on Mother's Day and we walk over to, I was like, let me like at least look at this like headstone, you know, because I've told them to make this. I, mean, I don't even know what the fuck it looks like on the front. Let me yeah. see if I like it. So I walked over there and the baby's name on the tomb headstone is William Henry. It's crazy. Like, how weird is that? How coincidental is that? That's not coincidental whatsoever. Like, I have chills talking. Every time I get chills with it. Yeah, that's, that's not coincidental whatsoever. At all. So the fact is that, like, his grandpa's the only one that called him out. His grandpa died years prior. We have talked about his grandpa the whole pregnancy, about how, like, all this. And then once she died, we're like, he's, you know, she's up there with him, you know. They're having a ball, yada, yada. She's even got buried right beside him. Yeah. Okay. And so then they put on the birth, birth certificate, William Henry instead of William Harry. And then we go to the gravesite and then... Don't even, we just pick out a random, you know, grave. Don't look at it. Go back days later. And the baby's name is William Henry. And it's like, how does that happen so many fucking times, you know? And it's like, it doesn't just happen. That's like I've God. I've never heard of it happening. Never. I, I've never heard of that happening. And, it, and that's exactly how it went. And I was like, he's letting us know she's okay. Which also gave me clarity, gave me calm, peace. Yeah. I actually knew the lady whose son was buried. I knew her, uh, I didn't know her personally, but I worked at an eye doctor, and she actually had an appointment like two days later, when I was right after I started back work. And so when she came in, I was like, look, I know this is going to be sad to you, but I need to let you know that I saw the date on the birth, in the headstone or whatever, so I know like 
your baby's been dead for a minute. But, like, I also know, like, he wasn't alive for a minute. You know, he was a stillborn as well. So I was like, but I want you to know, and I want you to find peace, and I want you to find happiness knowing that he did whatever he was supposed to do and how much peace he brought me and my family just with his name being that. And I told her the whole story about it, and we both were crying in the doctor's office, and she, like, was so, just so genuine, so happy, like, that that happened and that I got peace from that. And she was just so positive about the situation that I needed that as well. And I think that's where my moment of my flip, my switch flips, you know, like where I just started looking at everything different in life. Well, you probably figured out that like instead of this happening to me, it happened for me. Yeah, ultimately. Like it's it's hard. People people get so caught up in the bad shit that even in the bad shit, something good can come out of it. And people like look at me all the time because even when something just fucking messed up happens in my life or to somebody else, and I'm talking to them about it, I try to get them to fucking realize, like, hey, look, you have to be optimistic because if you're not optimistic and you don't try to see the silver lining to this, then you're just engulfed in the pain and everything else. Well, the thing is, no one else can feel your pain. So if you're angry yeah. and you're sad and you're upset, all you're doing is bringing down everybody else. And you know, you're making everybody else miserable. Well, it's not bringing them down. It's that they don't understand. That, but also, like, if I came in here angry right now, yeah. like, you don't know. Even if I tell you I'm angry, you can't feel that emotion. All you feel is the negativity coming off Absolutely. you. Absolutely. It's going to make you negative. But if I take the positive out of whatever little positivity there was, and if there wasn't any positivity from a situation then just, hey, it sucks, dude. You know, like, life sucks. Situations sucks. Bad things happen. All we can do is learn from it, make sure it doesn't happen again, okay? And if it's something beyond our control, then, hey, you've already been through it once. You know what to prepare for. We, can, we know we got through it once. We get through it again, whatever it may be. Hopefully yeah. that's not the situation. But, you know, given I definitely turned from being a pessimist to – I don't even say optimistic because I am optimistic, but I'm also a realist. And I play those out. Like, I look and hope for the best. But I'm also very tuned in with, like, okay, is it possible? And if there's just, like, a 1% chance it's possible, then maybe we're going for it. But if there's, like, a negative chances, that's not, like, I can't make a um, star fall to my hand right now. I know it's very random. It's all I can think of. It's not, it's not random. I completely – Like, I, exactly I know how that's I think. not possible. But if there's a chance I can see a shooting star tonight, yeah, then obviously we're going to go look. Okay? And so, like – Without happening, I mean, it's a shitty situation, and I feel for any person on the planet that's ever been through it. And I felt for my mama more than anything because she wanted to be there for me so bad. And she was like, Brittany, I don't know what you're going through, and I don't know what to say. I said, honestly, there's not a damn thing you can say. I said, I love you, and I appreciate you wanting to say something, but there's not one thing anybody on this planet can say to me that's going to make me feel better. And there wasn't. And the only thing that made me feel better was knowing people that wanted to say something knowing that people wanted to be there, even if they didn't have the words or knew how to be, and then knowing that with every scripture that I read, that I just came to terms with God's plan, God's will, not mine. And if I, he had to put me through something that drastic and something that harsh, then he knew what he was doing, and maybe that's what it took for me. I had to go through that, you know, to be open up and to... You have to. It's, I mean, it's the same shit. Sometimes you got to go, like, it's got to be that drastic for you to actually open your eyes and understand. Uh, 100 and fucking 10%, and that's because we're hard-headed. Dude, I, I don't learn, I, I mean, you ain't said, came out and said you're fucking hard-headed, oh, but I you're hard-headed. It's we... I'm stubborn as fuck. Yeah, we don't learn lessons like everybody else. 
And it sucks that sometimes things have to be that drastic. And, like, it sucks. It really does. And But, honestly, given – it doesn't matter who it is. Some people, like, especially, like, with my rotation back with him, like, back and forth, like, it didn't matter how bad he fucked me over. I didn't care because I was so stubborn and I was so, like, selfish. Like, I just knew I wanted what I wanted, and I wanted him to want me so bad that I was trying to prove to him and everyone else that I could be who he wanted and I could change him when I obviously could not. Yeah. And so – Sometimes you got to be put on your ass to, like, open your eyes and be like, hey, look, if I'm giving you little things here and there, and if you don't want to take these little things to flip your switch and to open your eyes, then we about to make you for real open your eyes. And yeah. that's what happened. Like, literally, he was like, look, sorry. God was like, Brittany, I'm about to put you on your ass. Like, let me give you something she wanted. I hated being pregnant. Fucking hated being pregnant. I talk shit every day about it. <laughs> and I feel so bad about it because I was like, that's not fair to Willa Kate. But I, I think, though, to be honest with you, I think in some weird ass way, you hating being pregnant, it was foreshadowing. Yeah. I, th- I think. I had PTSD th- before I had the kid. Yeah. I think with what you were fixing to go through, that it was the universe, prepping whatever. Me or whatever. It was prepping you for it. Yeah. It was going ahead and making you hard, making you tough, making you prepared to where some people love being fucking pregnant. Some people absolutely love being pregnant and they've already got an attachment to that child because they got easy fucking pregnancy mm-hmm. and everything. It's not that you were probably mad at the child or anything like that, but it was you were now. mad at the pregnancy. Yeah. So Yeah. That probably helped you in the long run with not ha- not losing your fucking shit and having a like this this steel attachment to it. I agree. I agree. I fully agree with that honestly. And like my mom even made jokes throughout my whole pregnancy. Like, Brittany's never have another kid. Brittany's not yeah. going to get pregnant again. Brittany's about to take have her, all her tubes tied, taken out, whatever the fuck it may be. And I'm pretty sure, like, she said that many, many times. And then when that happened, I was just like, I never wanted kids. I never, like, I was not a kid person. I was did yeah. not like children. Um, I didn't dislike them. I just couldn't tolerate I them. I only like mine. Yeah, see, I don't have a tolerance for, like... <laughs> yeah, I can't even. Like, you can't shake them and be like, look, no, like, I stopped crying. Like, I told you not to fucking do that. Like, my, not my fault that you did it. Yeah, shaking but, babies is bad. <laughs> if anybody just heard her say that, shake it. Shake don't babies. Don't do it. Don't shake babies. Uh, it's fucking not good. <laughs> and that's how I felt prior to having her. And then now I want nothing, which I'm, I don't want to just have a kid with a random baby person. Don't get me wrong. But yeah. I want nothing more than to start a family. Yeah. And it, like, I just, and I want it to be wholesome. Though. Like, I want it to be true, true, genuine. And, like, because of what I went through, like, because me and Willa are divorced at this point, and I know what it's like to be on both ends of the spectrum, and I know, like, I know what I grew up in, and I didn't have a terrible childhood. Don't When I say this, like, don't get me wrong. Like, I never went without. However, with my parents arguing the way they did and the way that all went down, like, and the way, just the way I was raised, I don't want that either for my kids. I want them to see healthy relationships. That's why, as much as I love and cherish Gracie's mother, we're not together because of that. She's not a bad person. She's actually a fucking saint. Mm-hmm. But we are so different, and we argue and we fuss that it's better in my mind and hers most of the time that our daughter sees us getting along and being happy for one another than actually having to live in the same fucking house. So what I tell people all the time is that if you have kids, okay, say you have a boy and a girl, you want your girl 
to be able to see how a woman should be treated. And Absolutely. what happiness is that way she knows not to settle for anything less. You want your son to be able to see how a woman should be treated so he knows how to treat her and you don't want him to see the bad negative parts of it to think that that's okay because she's going to settle for the not okay if y'all stay together and he's going to settle for thinking it's okay to do that because his mama, he subconsciously he thinks that's okay because that's what he saw. And granted, I don't, this is not negative towards my parents. If y'all are listening, I'm so sorry, Tanya and Jimmy. But my parents, they're happy now, don't get me wrong. And they've been happy. But growing up, they weren't happy a lot of the times. And I think because of that roughness, it made me think that loyalty was what you were supposed to do as opposed to your happiness. Yeah, you have to put your happiness first. That's like every one of my fucking shows ends up rolling back around to that. You have to make yourself happy. It doesn't matter if uh, nobody should tell you how to live your life. Mm -hmm. If you're happy with a lot of fucking one night stands and going from relationship to relationship or whatever, if that makes you happy, fucking be happy that way. If you want to have slept with one person in your entire life and build a family with them or whatever, and that's what makes you happy, boo boo do you. Uh, I don't like that people try to define other people's happiness. I'm going to do what makes me happy in this life. And guess what, people? Nobody gives a fuck what makes you happy. They care what makes them happy. Uh, yeah. Why well, You have been listening to this show. I literally say it all the time. It's not that... Think of how much you think of someone else. Like, you really don't. I don't think of any think other of people's happiness. Like yeah. People people that are not... I should... Well, fuck it. I say fucked up people because I'm a fucked up person. But I don't think of making you happy. And you even, shouldn't. Even sitting across on this table right now. I don't think of making you happy. And if you did, that would still be a you problem, not yeah, a me exactly. problem. Exactly. I think about what I can say, what I can do, or whatever in this life to make myself happy. Now, what I do to make myself happy, I hope spreads happiness to other people around me. Agreed. But if you want to come in here with a bad attitude, or you want to be fucking miserable, and you want to be whatever, that's like you said. That's a you problem. That ain't got shit to do with me. Not one thing. And I, I that's like... I wish I would have known that at a younger age. I wish I would have been. I it, was. It takes time. But it does. Boom. And I know. And everything is a time thing. And I know that's so cliche. And it's like, not. It's not. It's. What is it? Youth is wasted on the young. It is. Yeah. That's. I mean, I'm 33 and I'm still learning shit today. I didn't figure out who I was or who I wanted to be in this life until I was probably 28, 29 years old. I, I mean, I didn't know the kind of person I wanted to be or how I wanted to live my life. I, it's, I, it takes time. I finally, like, have an idea. I changed my mind so much what I want to do in life, though, honestly. You seem like the type that would change my I'm, mind a lot. I do. I do. I'm so indecisive, so indecisive. But that's because I don't want to be stuck doing something and end up not liking because I've done that so much. You've got one life. You can't do that. Why would I? If I died to leave in here today, well, not, knocking all this wood around me, yeah. like, I don't want to. But, like, if I did, would I be okay with the life I've lived? See, I used to wouldn't have been. I know that I used to wouldn't Same. have been. And it wasn't that, I believe when I die, regardless, I'm going to heaven because I'm a Christian. Just not a very good one. But Same. I'm a Christian. Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. My relationship with him is I've always been solid. okay with the dying aspect of life. I've mm -hmm. always been okay that when it's your time... It's your time because of my faith. Mm -hmm. But at some point in time, you got to start realizing, I'm okay with death, but am I okay with my life? Am You're, I okay with living? Dying is inevitable. You're going to yeah. die regardless. Yeah. You're not going to live yeah. again, though. I mean, if you believe in reincarnation, then by all means. But yeah. you ain't going to remember it, so it doesn't matter. So you yeah, still exactly. got to focus on this one you got right now. 
Yeah, see, I, I'm fucked up. I'm a Christian, but I believe in reincarnation. I, I, the only reason I believe in it is because I get deja vu so fucking bad, and I know a lot of people that get deja vu. And I remember being so bad. Yeah, I remember being a kid, and I used to think like in a, in a simpler time or whatever, like a simpler time in my life, it was like, if I come back, man, I, there's got to be a, a bird version of me. There's got to be a dog version of me. There's got to be another person that is a version of me. Like, I want my soul to be in heaven and, like, running around my family and all my loved ones and my pets or whatever from the past. But also, too, like, I, I almost think that some people get a chance to want to get up there to be like, hey, you want to spend, you know, all this time in heaven or – eternity in heaven, excuse me, or do you want your soul to be transferred into somebody else and live again and have a chance to very subconsciously know some things you should have done or shouldn't have done Yeah, and see what kind of person you can end up being. No, yeah, see, okay, so I very much has, have a strong... We did not get high before this conversation. Did not, I don't I wish smoke. we would have now. But <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, no, if this I would have got deep. high, I'd be like... Mm, mm, mm. No, this is deep. I'm good with it. No, so like I have... I don't go to church anymore, but that's also because there's a lot of hypocritical people down here. Oh, fuck. Where have you been at? <laughs> I literally every other day. Dude, and I like I I'm I ugh, I cannot talk. I do not believe in organized religion. I believe same. in religion in itself. Anytime anyone comes at me, well, you need to go to church, and I'm like, look, I no, don't, don't like going to church there, okay? Well, you need you 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 want to go to heaven. I was like, I'm going to heaven. What do you mean? Well, you don't go to church, baby, but church is where I put church, okay, for one. Well, it says in the Bible where two or more may gather. Hey, there's two or more right here, baby. We church. church. So my relationship is strong enough. Is it raining? That's what I was looking at. Yo, yep. it's fucking pouring. Fuck. Oh, there's a hurricane coming. Oh, is there? Tropical storm hurricane. We're going to have to find shelter. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I couldn't fucking help it. We've been so serious. Uh, I had to throw a finding shelter. Uh, As we're in shelter. In a brick building. <laughs> Anywho. <laughs> no, I am open to any possibility of what could be out there and how it could be. Because guess what? So I'm into astrology. LOL, I'm that person. I saw the fucking thing on your forearm. The Big Dipper? Yes. I have. I figured you had to be with having stars tattooed on you. What is that on your back? Oh, is that all the planets? The planets including Pluto. Oh, planets Pluto. I mean, I, Pluto <laughs> is... I'm not even drinking. I'm still... He's sober as I'm, fuck. And I'm not even drinking. I just can't talk. I'm telling you. Maybe I'm, you don't know how to operate sober. I probably don't is what's fucked up. I'm I think, the same I way. think I'm just so goddamn exhausted that it's stupid. Probably. We just had this argument the other day. Fucking Pluto's the planet still. It is. Even if they want to say dwarf planet, guess what, baby? Planet is still well, in the Well, do name you count it. then as a person? I you're am a not a fucking dwarf. Do not. <laughs> you're real Five close. Oh. You are real close to a dwarf. Dwarf four, nine and below. No, nah, you got six four, foot nine. tall titties, but the rest of you is fucking under five foot. <laughs> she looks like Dolly Parton. You're, Dude, my you're grandpa used like to D. call me Dolly Parton. Really? Yeah. When I had blonde curly hair, I wanted to be her for on Halloween, and then I busted my head, so I couldn't do it. So we're, we're gonna go for it again this year, maybe. You should. Because I'm, I'm getting skinnier too, so and my boobs aren't going. And by anywhere. the way, yeah, you look great. I lost 46 pounds since I, my divorce. Yeah, good job. I got to pee really bad, but I'm pretty bloated. Well, we're, we're about to be done. Hold, okay. hold, hold it for just a second, because um, this I'm, we're gonna have to do a part two of this. Oh yeah, definitely. So we're gonna, I, I'm, gonna, really, I'm gonna make I'm gonna make everybody want it because I don't feel like we're halfway done. We're not. Well, I don't even feel like we're halfway done. <laughs> we are nowhere near halfway um, done. <laughs> tell everybody real fast because this we're, we'll do a part two. I promise in the next couple of weeks. 
Uh, but tell everybody real fast where they can uh, find you on social media. We'll reach out to you. I think there's going to be some some mothers especially okay. that would like to reach out and maybe talk to you some. Um, let me look. I know that my handle's the same, but sometimes I had to put like an extra you know, underscore or something in there. Ooh. Well, you do have the most basic-ass name. Yeah. Ever. Brittany, Brittany Graham. I don't know where Brittany, like, wow, that was a big thing in the 90s. Because you don't know anyone born after 2000 named Brittany, for one. Or really born before the 90s named Brittany. You have, there's, no, 80s. you're completely wrong. Brittany is literally Brittany 80s and 90s. Brittany was the 80s name. Okay, 80s and 90s, before then or after then. There's a lot of Brittany's still. That are already, like, fucking 20 years old. Uh, bitch, I'm 34. It's like... You know a baby named Brittany right now? Yeah, I know several. A baby. A baby. I talk to them all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. I talk to these couple baby Britneys all the time. (laughs) And if you look up uh, any Britney on TikTok that's (laughs) under the age of 21, she's probably shaking her ass and like (laughs) doing trashy shit right now as we speak. Probably. And I'm... Oh, please don't put me in that category. I do dumb shit all the time. Don't get me wrong. Oh, no. I've seen your Snapchat several times. Um. You do dumb shit. <laughs> but anyway, tell them your okay. social media handles there, dickhead. All right. So. And then we got to find shelter. <laughs> all of it is going to be Hey, Brittany. Okay. It's always going to be two Y's in the Hey, H-E-Y-Y. And Brittany's going to have three T's. B-R-I-T-T-T-A-N-Y. And all of T stands for titty. Um, <laughs> my Snapchat and my Instagram, neither one of them have underscores or hyphens. It's just strictly Hey Brittany. Now, TikTok, it does have one underscore after Brittany. So they're all Hey Brittany. And TikTok is with an underscore after Hey Brittany. Everything else is just two Ys, three Ts. And we're Brittany, bitch. I'm surprised you didn't have 69 at the end of it. Um, but that was a joke. We started <laughs> off by counting off. Doing oh, yeah. Well, they didn't hear that. Uh, but anyway, tell them you're going to come back. And uh, when you get a little bit more of done in your book, we'll talk a little bit more. Yeah, no, I'm almost done with it. And I'm really hoping to get finished with the next month or two. Hoping to release it 2022. But I'm not, let's not hold our breath. But I'm telling you that. So I will have to get it done. Um, but definitely we'll come back because we only touched maybe a third, a fourth of the book. I don't even want to say a third, honestly. Well, that's fine. We can do three. We can do as many parts we need to do. Maybe I just we'll need to stop do yeah. cutting up, and I won't tell the whole book and the rest of it. That was just like I won't go into as much detail next time. No, I'm no, sure. you have to. You did an extremely fucking good job. Okay. That's why I don't want this to run too much longer because it's at an hour and forty. Oh and, fuck! Yeah, we've been talking for an hour and forty, and uh, no, I want it to be another part because you did. No, definitely good. do want another part. Um, but. My life is fucked up, and my life is great. I've been through fucked up shit, so my life can be great. And I'm doing everything to make sure I keep doing things great no matter what happens. I'm living the life that I... You have to live how you want to now just so you live how you want to later. You go through bad shit now just to be better later. And we take it day by day, and we're happy, and we take it with a grain of salt. And just know tomorrow's always going to come. Good girl. You did a very good job of that. Well, thank each and every one of y'all for listening to Politics, Religion, and Whiskey. We will catch y'all next time.